0: If you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, hold up your hand. The ushers have some extra Bibles. We'd be glad to let you use one of ours. Hold up your hand real high if you want to use a Bible. And we're all going to Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8 and
1: verse
0: 10. Let's let's pray and release our faith before we read the word. Um, I don't believe in just going to church and checking the boxes. Saying we went. (laughs) Something should be accomplished. We should come to minister to Him, to praise Him, worship Him, minister to Him our tithes, our offerings, our service, but then also we should come to receive from Him, right, to hear Him, to be ministered to by Him, and uh, what is it that He would say to us right now? What changes does He want affected in our life? And uh, we're not supposed to just hear something and go, yeah, that was a neat message, no, what does it mean in my life? What's supposed to change now? Every time we hear the word of the Lord, we should we should see something. We should do this less, do this more, stop doing this, start doing this. It should be a change if we're doers of the word. So let's believe, in, in and that, that we won't, you won't just hear from me. I won't just hear from me. We'll hear from him, right? You believe he could speak to you Amen. while I'm speaking. So let's, let's believe that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we all present ourselves before you. We acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is our teacher and not man. And we're asking for every one of us, eyes that see, ears that hear, hearts that are open and receptive. Give us, Lord, direction. Just what we need to see and do right now, answers to questions, direction for us. And we purpose right now by your grace and help, we won't just be hearers only but we'll be doers. We'll do what you say. And we, as we do, we know we'll be blessed because you are faithful to watch over your word and perform it in our lives. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen means so be it. Hebrews 8 and 10. He said, This is the covenant that I'll make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts and I'll be to them a God, and they'll be to me a people. Verse 11. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all, uh, for, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. He was prophesying and speaking of a day. That not just the prophet would experience something of the presence of God, or the king, or the priest, While 98% of the people just knew about God and what He did, they didn't know Him personally. He said there'd come a time when they'd not say, know the Lord, let me tell you about the Lord. They'd all know Him, from the least to the greatest. How many believe we're living in that day? Where you don't have to come to another man and say, would you pray for me? Because I don't know if God will hear my prayer. Uh, Would You know, I'm not worthy and I don't have access. No, the Bible said, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. And that he would receive you. And there's just one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. He's the only one you have to go through to get to the Father. Do you believe this, friends? And what we've been talking about is that you and I and everybody that will believe and receive it, can know Him for our self. Can know Him personally. And the Lord gave us a word uh, for this church right here in Sarasota. That this would not just be a place where we come and hear about God and learn about God only. It would be a place where we experience Him. You, Does that sound good to you? Yes. Not just learn about Him. But experiencing, he's knowable. Amen. said out loud, "I can know him can know for, myself. for myself." See, so many know him or what they do know about him, they has come through other people vicariously. They know mama's God or, or pastor's God or brother so-and-so's God, and, and the, the characteristics and the qualities they've come to believe about him, they 've heard from somebody else. Somebody told them he was this way, and so they say, okay, he must be that way. But they don't know him personally. That's not okay. In the day and age you and I live, it's available for every one of us to know him intimately, personally. Thank you, Lord. Say it out loud again. I can know him personally. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go with me, if you would, over to uh, Mark, the seventh chapter. Mark, chapter 7. We'll begin in verse 1. Mark 7, 1, it says, they came together, "...then came together to him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes." So these were the religious experts of the day. They had been to school. They had degrees in theology. They did. They, they could quote the, the Law and the Prophets. Uh, Like you are quoting, you know, literally statutes of the law. And uh, they came to him on this occasion. Verse 2. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled. That doesn't mean they were polluted. It just means unwashed hands. They found fault. Keep reading. For the Pharisees. And the Jews, except they wash their hands often, they eat not. They won't eat unless they've washed their hands and washed them a certain way. Holding what? The tradition of the elders. I want you to know that we're, we're speaking about one of the most dangerous things on the planet right now. Traditions of men contrary to the Word of God. Now, their tradition was what? Washing. Washing. Because you know, cleanliness is next to godliness. <laughs> but where's that verse? <laughs> Where's that scripture? But see, it it had become as important and in fact more important to them than a scripture. Now would you think that you'd never do that? I suggest to you, you already have. The question is, do you realize it? Have you identified it? Everybody awake this morning. Let's keep reading. (laughs) Verse uh, 4. And when they come from the market except they wash, they don't eat. And many other things there be which they've received to hold. Washing cups, washing pots, uh, brass vessels, tables. Keep going. And so they were the first church of washing. (laughs) If you ain't washing, you ain't right. And you probably won't make it to heaven either. Unless you wash like us. (laughs) And yet, the Lord never told them to do this. Now you hear, you see, if the devil can't get you to just stay away from God completely, and you stay out of church and just reject Jesus and salvation, if he can't get you to do that, his drop back position is to substitute something in on you instead of the Word of God. So that even though you're religious is all get out, what you're doing is good for nothing. Friend, I want you to understand. So much of what religious people do is good for nothing. Not my words. If you, if we had time, we could go and show you. The scripture talks about vain prayer, prayer that is absolutely worthless. Even talking in tongues, that's worthless. Y'all with me, friends? Vain giving. Giving in ways that God doesn't even recognize nor receive. Vain worship. Vain. What does vain mean? Worthless. Good for nothing. Are there people worshiping and it's worthless? See, folks folks try to teach us we need to be reverent to everybody's belief and respect everybody's belief. No, you don't. If you're a real Christian, you can't do that. People say, well, y'all are just narrow-minded. Yeah, and saved. There is just one way. If you don't believe that, you're not really a Christian. Jesus is not one of the ways. (laughs) He's the way. He said it. If you don't believe that, you don't believe what He said. And you've got another doctor. Well, I, And see, here are the dangerous indicators. Well, I just believe. A lot of times when you hear that, people are substituting something in place of the Word of God. That they believe more. Well, we've just, I, I just feel. or I, I know all those scriptures are there, but I just feel strongly. Oh, you feel strongly. You can feel very strongly and be absolutely wrong. Hmm? I just just believe strongly that such a... Where is it in the Bible? If it's not there, it is not worthy of building your life on. And you are what you believe. It formulates what you are. What you believe or what you don't believe is... It it, it formulates what you are. Let's keep reading. The Pharisees and scribes asked him, him who? Jesus. (laughs) They said, why don't your disciples walk according to the traditions of the elders? And they ate food without washing their hands. Who are they getting on? Jesus, the Word. (laughs) They are correcting the Word made flesh. Why? Because He's not keeping their tradition. They don't have any verses for it. God never said anything to Moses about it. And yet, it's one of the most important things in their life. And it's what they want to take him to task about. And so their own Jesus case. You let your staff eat, and they didn't wash their hands? You know that for the past five generations, we have conscientiously and diligently washed. And washed. And washed. <laughs> We wash pots and we wash pans and we wash tables and we wash oh, do we wash hands? Cleanest hands in the county. (laughs) Now I know it sounds humorous, but how much did God care about their clean hands? This is how much. Jesus didn't wash on purpose. (laughs) And he told them, nah, uh uh-uh, just eat. (laughs) And it rocked the Pharisees' boat. It it upset everybody. Why? Because there was a lot lot more at stake here than hand washing. And he gets into it. When they correct him, they open the door. They said, why aren't y'all washing your hands? Verse 6, he answered and said, well, has Isaiah, Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites? As it is written, this people honors me with their lips. They talk a good talk, but their heart is far from me. Keep reading. Howbeit, in vain do they worship me? Now, friend, this is so significant. Were they worshiping God? Yes. Yes. In vain, do they worship me? Were they worshiping? Yes. What good was it doing? Were they worshiping God? Yes. I mean, they got, they, they, they went to the, the place of worship on a regular basis. They, just like you and I got up and came to church this morning. They went. They did this. They did that. But the Lord said, it's vain. means nothing to me. It's worthless what you're doing. This is the revelation we must get, friends. There is so much stuff that people have concocted about God that has nothing to do with Him. Did you hear me? But once it's practiced for several generations... People will fight you over it. Oh man, they get mad to get they got not one scripture for it. Or a half a scripture they twist it into something. <laughs> if something's really a truth in the word, you won't find just one verse. You'll find it throughout the scriptures. If it's really a truth and really something that's important to the Lord. In vain they worship me. So they're worshiping, but it's in vain. Teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. The commandments of men. Let me read some other translations of this. Uh, One says, their worship is worthless, for they teach their man-made laws instead of those from God. Man-made religion. Let's keep reading this, verse verse 8. Laying aside the commandment of God, they put that aside. You hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such uh, like things you do. Keep going. He said, full well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. Can you see what a dangerous thing this is? Tradition has replaced The Word of God. And people are worshiping, but it's based on what men came up with, not what God said. And so their worship is absolutely worthless. Worthless worship. Worthless prayer. Worthless giving. These are scriptures. I don't want to waste my time. How about you? I don't want to do something. And, and be adamant about something that God could care less about. Do you? I want to know Him. And what He said. And what's important to Him. Really. Not what somebody came up with. And the only way you can do that is to make this book your standard. Right? Just like Jesus did. You know how Jesus dealt with everything? It is written. It is written. It is also written. It is written. That's why we, we urge you, read your chapter every day, Monday through Friday with us. If you hadn't done we just started reading the New Testament uh, from the beginning now, uh, this past week. If you hadn't done that, go back to the uh, uh, information area, and they'll give you the little bookmark that tells you what chapter we're on. If you read one chapter every day, Monday through Friday, it won't take you, what, 15 minutes, 20 minutes? If you do it right, it'll take you a little bit longer. But uh, uh, but anyway, uh, if you'll do that, in, through one year, you've read the inter, uh, entire New Testament through. Works out just perfect. Uh, you need to feed yourself regularly on what he said. Elsewise, you're gullible, easily deceived. Somebody tell you, well, the Lord said this, this is his will, this is what he thinks, this is how he is. And if you don't know the word, you don't know whether they're right or wrong. You don't know. You need to be checking out everything you hear me say. Everything. I'm a man. I could make a mistake. I could give something of my opinion. Everybody. You need to, including yourself. Let me me, uh, challenge you. Discipline yourself. Anytime you think of something you believe or something you think is right about God, make yourself find it in the book. And if it's not there, Why should you believe it? How can you know it's right? How can you be sure? Keep reading with this, please. Full well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. And he gives them an example. Keep going. Moses said, Honor your father and mother. Whoso curses father and mother, let him die the death. Verse 11. But you say, if a man shall say to his father or mother it is corban that is to say a gift but whatever you might be profited by me he shall be free now this is revelation front center and back when the lord says honor somebody it's always included the idea of doing things for him monetarily that's kind of been lost but it but it's always been that way with him if he says honor somebody it includes money and gifts and doing things financially and materially. And that's what he was talking about for your father and your mother. Honor your father and mother, do things for them financially and materially. But they had come up with a rule to get more money in the offering. That if you were to say, all my money goes to the temple, then you're relieved from doing things for mom and daddy. Because you can say, well, no, all my money's going to the temple stuff, so I don't have it to do for mom and daddy. And he said, uh, verse, verse 12, and you don't allow him to do anything more for his father or mother. Keep going. Making the word of God, what? Nullified. They have nullified, set aside, honor you father and mother by this thing they came up with. Called Corban. Somebody had a revelation. (laughs) And their revelation is based on getting more money. And so they're coming down on Jesus because he didn't wash his hands. And they've taken whole commandments just out of the ten and thrown them away. And replaced them with korban. Corban. And this has been going on long enough to everybody in the temple thinks it's okay. Oh, yeah, Corban. It's God. (laughs) Corban is right. No, it's not. Anything that contradicts or hinders you doing what the Lord told you in his word is wrong. Many such like things you do, he said. Everybody okay? Okay. Can you take some more? Verse 14. Well, for, for time's sake, I'll just stop right here. Go to Proverbs. Proverbs. I hope you can take it. I don't... uh I'm not interested in playing church. Are you? I'm not interested in being religious. And I had prayed for years. Now, Lord, uh, help me to see what is not you. And help me to get rid of it. I don't want to waste my time or other people's time. Uh, help me to see Because, I mean, it's easy to say that, but if you've grown up with something all your life and it was a part of church then you tend to think, well, this is God. And I don't care if it's 500 years old. To God, that's something new that somebody came up with. Right? How can you examine all these things? Where's, remember that remember that commercial years ago, where's the beef? Where's the beef? Well, I got one for you. Where's the verse? Right? Somebody try it out loud. Where, where's the verse? Where's the verse? Where is it? If you can't find it, how you know it's right? Why should you be so... Before you get upset about something, you need to make yourself find the verses that you, you claim to believe so strong. Here's something that's, that's uh, sobering. In the book of Proverbs... Let's see twenty eight Proverbs twenty eight and nine. He that turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. The strong. Did you know that what is it, Psalm one hundred thirty eight, I believe, or so? It says God has exalted his word above his name. Now, one thing we must understand about God is He takes His Word very seriously. Heaven and earth was created by it, right? You and I exist because He spoke. It is impossible for Him to lie or say something that's wrong. His Word is perfect. And when He gives you His Word, He expects you to esteem it and treat it valuable. And what this is saying, let me read other translations of this. The NIV says, if anyone turns a deaf ear to the law... His prayers are detestable. The message says God has no use for the prayers of people who won't listen to Him. The easy to read says when people do not listen to God's teachings, He does not listen to their prayers. That's only fair. So many times people are praying like God never said anything. Are y'all with me, friends? People are praying like God never said anything. I've shared, people have come to me before and said, you know, uh, what about this? What about that area? And some areas, the answer is obvious. God's given 20 scriptures about it. And so you give them the scriptures and they look at you and they go, well, I'll pray about that. (laughs) And according to this, God won't hear it. Are y'all with me, friends? Because if He's already told you what to do and what the answer is, and you're trying to pray something else, that's a detestable prayer. We've got, we've got to esteem His Word above everything. Are y'all with me, friends? I know when I, uh, when I as a uh, teenager in my late teens, I began to, to realize that God was dealing with me. Uh, now I realize it was the call to the ministry. At that point, I did not. I just knew that I needed an answer from God. And something wasn't right. I needed to be doing something different than what I was doing. And uh, so, sometimes we lived out in the country over in Mississippi. And, and sometimes midnight, I'd be out in the woods and, and couldn't sleep. And, and, say, and I'm saying, God, What? What? And I began to say, God, talk to me. Please. What, what is it I need to do? Please. I had, I had no clue he wanted me to be a preacher. That was a foreign thought to me. But, uh, but that began to be my standard phrase. Talk to me. Please. Talk to me. God, tell me. What, what is it? I mean, I'd, I'd do that for an hour. Please. Please. Tell me. This went on for months. You know, not 24 hours a day, but just on a pretty regular basis. I pray and seeking Him. God, talk to me. Tell, please, tell me what you want me to do. God, and in my immaturity, the more natural you are, the more natural something you want. So I'm wanting Him to talk to me in an audible voice. I'm wanting to see something in the sky. I'm wanting him to, you know, I want to I see an angel. I'm a, huh? That's being carnal. And this went on for months. And finally, knelt down on our genuine plastic imitation leather sofa. And our, what color was that shag carpet? Red, red shag carpet. Yeah, <laughs> a little mobile home. I, uh, I was doing it again. Thank God. What is it? Talk to me, please. Talk to me. And he spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard an audible voice now, but inside my spirit, very definitely, like he'll speak to any believer if you learn how to listen. He said, "Key." I've already said many wonderful things to you in the book. There was a Bible that had been laying over there for weeks. (laughs) He said, I've already said many wonderful things to you in the book. He said, find out what I've already said to you. And if I want to say something else to you, I will. And so from that day to this, I've been endeavoring to find out what he already said to us. And I know I've just scratched the surface. If you won't respect his word, you're in trouble with him. Come on, let's put it on a human basis. If you come to me and you say, oh, Brother Keith, talk to me. Talk to me. And I say, okay, this is what I want us to do. And when I get through talking, you say, oh, Brother Keith, talk to me. I say, I did. Yeah, I know you said something, but talk to me. I, I just want to feel you, and I want to. That's insulting, right? My words are not infallible. His are. Do you see what I'm talking about? We must show respect to his word. Hmm? And how can you show respect to his word? You don't even know it. You totally, people say, well, the Bible, it's so archaic. It's, you know, nobody can understand it. Even so-called scholars, they agree and disagree. That's a cop-out. You've got the author, if you're born again, you've got the author of the book living inside you. And and He is well able to open up your understanding. I want everybody to say, I can understand understand. this Word. word. Now, you'll never exhaust all the light and truth out of it, but He is, you say, well, I don't know if I'm smart enough to understand. It's not about how smart you are. It's about what a good teacher He is. A good teacher can help you understand anything. Break it down to where it, it relates to you and you understand. The Holy Spirit is the best teacher there's ever been. Say it again. I can, I can understand, understand His, word. His word. Yes, you can. By His Spirit, by faith in Him. Can you take some more? Yes. Okay, because I want to talk about a new tradition. <laughs> you ready?
1: Yeah.
0: Huh? I don't know. You look hesitant. <laughs> uh. where are you there in uh, Proverbs go over to Psalms Psalms and 47 I had the privilege Phyllis and I both of serving with brother Kenneth Hagen, and uh his wife, and his uh, ministry for a number of years. We actually served with them for 20 years. And uh, he he's my father in the faith, if you will. And he had a number of experiences with the Lord and uh, had visions. And I know some people don't believe in some of these things, and, and you ought not believe everything you hear. But uh, check it out with the Word and with your spirit. But on one occasion, this has been back, what, 10, 15, 15, I guess or so, years ago now. Uh, We had a big meeting called Camp Meeting in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in the main Civic Center. Some of y'all might have been there sometime. Uh, Might have 6, 7, 8, 10,000 people. And uh, Brother Hagin said that a couple of days prior to the meeting, in the nighttime, the Lord gave him a vision. And he was standing over the auditorium and watching the people. And he said, and the whole crowd, some 8,000 or so, were standing there (laughs) clapping their hands. And he said, the Lord said to him, clapping is neither praise nor worship. Clapping is neither praise nor worship. And then he began to talk to him about how the scripture talks about lifting of hands. And how that's reverence. He said clapping hands is applause. Neither praise nor worship. And so after hearing that, well a lot of people didn't like that. Because we were, we were clapping bunch. And even today, in many circles, the phrase, let's give the Lord a hand. You hear it several times throughout the service. What scripture is that based on? Is that the word? Is that right? There are about nine verses, to my knowledge, in the entire scripture that have anything to do with clapping. Clapping. And about two-thirds of them obviously have no reference to clapping to the Lord. It has to do with other things. Some, some of it's clapping in a negative way or just slapping your hands and, and exclaiming. There's one verse that I know of that talks about clapping of hands in reference to the Lord, and it's right here in Psalm 47 and 1. O oh, clap your hands, all ye people; shout unto God with the voice of triumph. But the uh, let me let me read some of the translations, and you'll see by the uh, captions. The Young's Literal says to the overseer, by the sons of Korah, a psalm. Clap all ye peoples, clap the hands, shout to God with the voice of singing. ESV says to the choir master. Clap your hands. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. This is clapping as you sing. Are y'all with me? Singing and clapping. And so I know of no verse. That refers to applauding the Lord. Now what you will find is numerous verses that refer to lifting the hands. Yet, how many churches clap all the time and won't lift their hands? (laughs) If that's so, what has happened? The Word has been replaced by a modern tradition. Let's give the Lord a hand. Now, you... You know, you decide what you want to do about this. But I know when people say, let's give the Lord a hand. I don't. I raise my hand. And there are a number of reasons why. If a politician speaks, what do we do? We applaud. Huh? If uh, we go to a sporting event, hmm, what do we do? Or a performance by somebody. And should we do the same for the Lord? Do do we express ourselves to Him on the same level as we do? I tell you, what I don't do to politicians is this. (laughs) What I don't do (laughs) to sports players or anybody else. Hmm? Are you all with me, friends? I think it's fine if we say, you know, let's give so-and-so a hand. Let's, let's let the folks know we appreciated this talking about people. But when it comes to the, or, or let's say me, if I'm preaching or Phyllis is preaching good and something good's coming out, if it's good, who is it? Yeah. If there's revelation, if there's light, if there's power, you shouldn't applaud me. You should raise your hand and thank God. Yeah. Right? Don't you think so? Yes. This, this is what I do. This is how I operate. And I have found, the Lord went on to minister to him, to Brother Hagan, about that. He said, watch what happens when you stop clapping and you start raising your hands and show more reverence. He said, the anointing and presence of God will increase. in places before where the spirit of god came on me and i was prophesying and everybody started doing this and it just it was like throwing water on the fire it was like "Mm, why because several things wrong it's interruptive and then also people are they're giving credit to you it's wrong and i believe that what the lord told him that clapping is neither praise nor worship it's applause I use it as an example of how subtle traditions are. They had a tradition of washing hands. A lot of folks got a tradition they of clapping. And there are many other like things. Where's the verse? <laughs> huh? Where, where's the script? And not just a half a verse that somebody don't understand. If it's really something that's important to God, something you ought to be doing all the time. You ought to see several scriptures, right? Let's read a couple about lifting of hand. see if you think it's right or not. I'm just about done. Can you hold on just a little bit further? Psalm 63, 4. Psalm 63, 4 says, Thus will I bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. It's a demonstration of humility, isn't it? You say, well, I don't, I'm just not comfortable. Well, you need to get over it. You're thinking about what people think. You need to not care if they see you love the Lord or not. Right? Psalm 134.2 says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Lamentations 3 verse 41 says, let us lift up our heart with our hands unto God in the heavens. 1 Timothy 2.4, just to give you a few. 1 Timothy 2 4. He said, I will, how I many know oh, this is New Testament now, right? I will that, uh, 2 8, I should say, 2 8. I will that men pray everywhere, doing what? Not applauding, not clapping, doing what? Lifting, lifting up, holy hands, without wrath and doubting. Is this okay, friends? Everybody stand on your feet and let's just do that right now. Let's just act on this. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and play something for us, guys, softly. Let's just lift up our hands. We know it's in the Word. We just got through reading it. So if He said it, we don't have to labor about it. It's time to do it. Hallelujah. Janet. Can we learn a new song? With my hands lifted up, my mouth filled with With praise. With
1: my hands lifted up, and my mouth filled with praise. With the heart of thanksgiving, with the heart of thanksgiving.
0: Receiving the communion elements. He told us, Jesus told us to do this to remember how He gave His blood and His body for us to redeem us. So if you would just please be seated. Ushers come. And just keep your eyes open till you're served. We'll receive communion together this morning. Go ahead, guys, and sing.
1: What? And wash.
0: God through Paul said I received of the Lord what he delivered to you that the Lord the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and he said take eat this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me. If you would hold up your bread, we want to remember what the Lord has done for us. The scripture said he took our sicknesses. He carried our pains by his stripes. We were healed. He was broken so we could be whole. Everybody said out loud, thank you, Lord. I believe I receive the full benefits of the broken body of Christ breaking in Thank you Lord Everybody said out loud I believe I receive healing I believe I receive soundness I believe I've received restoration in relationships. Restoration in my mind, in my soul, my whole being. He was broken so I could be whole. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The Scripture says also, after the same manner in which He, uh, he took the cup, and when he had supped, he said, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show the Lord's death till he come. Hold up the cup. Say out loud, Lord, we're so thankful. You shed your precious blood to redeem us, to buy us, to wash us, to cleanse us, to save us, to set us free, I have faith in the blood of the Lamb, and I receive full forgiveness and full cleansing in Jesus' name. Take and drink. thank you Lord let's just lift our hands again and thank you Lord we thank you for everything that you've done for us thank you for everything that you've done for us every blessing every benefit you've done it all you do all things well there's not one thing you left out there's not one thing you forgot we have a full salvation A complete redemption in you. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You glad you came to church this morning? Thank you, Lord. Altar workers, would you come please to the front? Now, uh, don't correct people about clapping. Okay? If you think you ought to make a change, then you make the change. And leave that between them and the Lord. I just told you the, the light that, that I, we have on it and how we operate, but uh, this is just one of many things. How many are on a search now for any other traditions that there might be going on? Hmm? What's, our, what's our question all the time? Where's the verse? Where, where's the scripture? I don't care who said it. I don't care if it was Mama, Daddy, uh, your pastor for 50 years. I don't care who, I don't care if it's all Roberts, Billy Graham, I don't care who, it, where's, where's the verse? Where's the scripture? Because that's all, that, that's the only thing we can be absolutely sure of, that that's right. And we're 100% safe in believing that and building our life on that. If you don't know that you know that you're saved and right with God, let's step up here with we can see the folks a little better, then please don't leave this place in that condition today. These folks are ready here to pray with you. Uh, answer questions that you might have. We don't know who's watching on the internet. So let's pray the prayer. We, there could be people in Africa watching. It could be people in Europe watching. And, and there could be somebody beside you. That has not prayed this prayer. If you You could have been born again. Just receiving communion just now. You see that. But in case you missed your opportunity. Let's everybody say Father God. I believe in you. I believe in Jesus. And I confess Jesus, Lord of my life. And I'm counting on what he's done for my eternal salvation. I am saved by my faith in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You got any questions about that? Don't run out of here. Come up to the front. And these folks will be ready. Glad to pray with you. Or talk to you about any of this. Friday night at seven thirty. Oh, and you got an announcement.